Yo, what's going on, everyone? Welcome to this week's episode of Walking 90. I'm your host, as always, Elliot Barr. We got a whole bunch to talk about. We got playoffs. We got coaches that are horny and throwing out their cash apps. We got teams that got relegated. We got teams that got promoted. We got players that are a little bit horny, but also scoring goals. And we got teams that are trying to figure out whether or not they're the underdog or not. Welcome to regular week in USL League One, the craziest fucking league in the world. Once again, my name is Yogi Bar. If you uh, see this cash app right here, cash app this coach. Send him a dollar. By the way, send him sixty nine cents. Yeah, there we go. Tip on curses. Got to send him enough money for that OnlyFans account. We're a minute and fifteen seconds in. <laughs> right. <laughs> uh, joining me right there beside me is a guy that who's not going to travel to Chattanooga because he's like, well, what's the fucking point? It's Mr. Chip the Ripper. How are you doing, sir? Good. In fairness, I'm pretty sure I'm already banned from Chattanooga Stadium anyway, so fuck them. Well, hey, you can go to another playoff game in Chattanooga because Chattanooga FC has a playoff game. I think actually the next day. So I might get some free beers if I go to CFC games. There you go. There you go. Also, another guy joining us is a guy who does all the commentary for all the podcasts in Minnesota. I mean, Minnesota, Madison. And Cal, question: When this Milwaukee team come up, are you going to be a supporter of them as well, or are you going to be like, eh? I'll probably check. Like, I'll probably check some matches out. I'll probably watch matches. Like, I'll follow it and go to games every once in a while. But it's not like I'm going to be like doing a podcast. The involvement that I have with Madison and everything I'm doing with that, I'm not doing for Milwaukee. But, you know, I'll watch and hope that they do well and go to games. Everyone else, I'm going to root Kyle for this because Kyle's going to lie. Everyone else, do you believe Kyle when he say he's not going to be on the podcast for Milwaukee? No. No. Thank you. Wait, wait, are you saying am I going to make a guest appearance or am I going to, like, start and be a host of a podcast? Guest appearance. Oh, well, yeah, there'll probably be a chance that I'm going to do a guest of appearance. Not gonna, like, there it is. Yeah. There it is, folks. A guest appearance is nothing. I'm not going to start a podcast. Wow, a guest appearance then turns you hosting the podcast for a month because the host isn't there. And that turns to you being a regular occurrence on the show. You're the correspondent for Milwaukee's two teams. So they'll, they'll want to know who the developing prospects are, who's coming up, what merch concepts are going to be make, making their way up to the Cream City. They better not do Cream City. That's like the team name. That's all I'm going to say. You know they are. And no, I'm, oh, I'm I, don't, I don't think they will. I legit don't think it'll be Cream City. Ah, Cream City. You know who else likes Cream City? The coach of Chattanooga. God damn it. Um, I will say, <laughs> on that note, I said it as a joke, but I said they should go with the High Lifers, which is not actually that bad. I think that's fine. I think I'm still – I know I'm in the minority here, but I think uh, city name FC is fine. That's sufficient. Like, throw some animal in the logo or something, and the fans will go from there, but, like – City Speaking name FC. No, the best one I've seen is Milwaukee's best FC. That that was a Ooh. pretty good one. Beast. Yeah, there you go. That that, that, that was pretty be good. a one-eyed snake. Last go. time I was up in Milwaukee, my brother-in-law had some in his fridge that were probably like three years old. He's like, "You want one?" It's like, "No, no, no I do not." No, you should not. That is your go-to keg beer in college. Like, you should not be drinking that after you graduate. He got it for free from the bar he worked at. Which I guess mm-hmm. says a lot about it. Yeah, yeah, make make some broads. Look at that beautiful thing. I, mean, that, I don't uh, think PBR is brewed there. Uh, no. PBR is brewed there now. <clears throat> that, that was a whole thing. Yeah. 
not to like not to the largest extent that it used to be, but yeah, it still is. There's still buildings dedicated to it and stuff. There we go. All right. Also joining us is a guy that has little baby bitch lungs like me. It's Mr. Brandon Bays. How are you doing, sir? <laughs> I'm all right. We're in this together. We both have baby yeah. bitch lungs. Yeah, yeah. No, I'm all right. I am. I'm just. I'm recovering from a little bit of a sickness, but I'm okay. So I'm. I made it here. I came here tonight to talk about the playoffs and and hear you talk about everything else. Let you. Go. Oh no. Yeah. Damn. <laughs> I got you. I got you, Brandon. Don't Listen, worry. Never mind. I'm, feeling I'm feeling kind of sick. I'm going to get sound clips for TikTok. I'm feeling kind of sick again, y'all. I got to go to bed. <laughs> Look, if this show was only Brandon, Chip, Abby, Kyle, this show would be done in like 40 minutes. <laughs> what <laughs> do we go that extra 50? <laughs> it's because of me. And I'm fine with that. No, no I'm, like like, I'm glad. If this show was only 40, put it away. Uh, <laughs> if you want to, is this name Brandon Yes. <laughs> if you want a spoiler alert for uh, what's coming later on in the show, you should check out my my Twitter. <laughs> oh. oh my god! If this show was forty minutes long, it wouldn't it wouldn't be as good. So <laughs> that's also true. Oh. Oh, How does it feel to get trolled by a bird for weeks? Weeks. This is my fault. I did this. I made the mistake, so I like I own that. But oh my gosh! <laughs> oh, oh, all right. I was Joining us, it is the two-time winner of the wooden spoon, who will probably deny it at all costs. Like Donald Trump has denied what happened at Mar-a-Lago. Miss Ebony Christmas. How are you, ma'am? Chilling. Chilling. I'm I'm here for vibes and team chaos. So just good like luck with that. Just like so once again, Ev, we're we're trying to figure out like next year. I'm pretty sure we're gonna have a supporter shale trophy and a last place trophy. Which would be better? A wooden spoon or a golden toilet seat? We talked about this last week, and the answer is you're not giving anyone a golden toilet. Just give me the spoon. <laughs> I feel like the golden toilet would be better. It's so there. No. And think about it. If your team is better, you don't win it, so you don't actually have to hold it. See? Well, the biggest competition also just relegated themselves, so. This is also true. This is a good point. This is also true. I guess, matter of fact, let's go ahead and start with that. Um, news got released, what was it, Tuesday? I felt like it was Tuesday. Yeah, it was Tuesday. Um, came out of way left field. FC Tucson has decided to relegate themselves to League Two. I feel like that's really harsh. Self-relegating. That's a Richmond specialty. <laughs> it is. It's also an NCFC specialty. Got also one more Charlotte. Right. Um, actually, three clubs in League One has done that. But We can, Tucson, we can make the self-relegating derby when they come back up. There you go. Um, I really feel like this is something unique to FC2 because they were a team that got kind of promoted themselves up. Uh, for those that don't know, they started off in USL. PDL uh, was the Professional Development League. Came up to USL League 1. And I think it was either you, Kyle, who said it, but to the fact that Tucson lasted as long as they did, given for the first three years, they were the only team out there on that West Coast. And we're talking about yeah. during, like, two years of the pandemic. 
Um, you know, it really sucks to see how they kind of went out because even though the team on the field product wasn't as great, it was still a fun team to watch. And, mm-hmm. you know, those 10 o'clock, 12 o'clock monsoon games are going to be sorely missed within the USL League World community. <laughs> but, no, I will say, like, it was an interesting situation. Because, right? I mean, when they first started, like, year one, it, they were the affiliate of Phoenix Rising. So they had that blanket. Then they decided to go independent. I was like, okay, cool. Pandemic happened. That probably didn't help things. And then the last two years, it's been like, okay, yeah, the on-field product has not been as good as it should be. And what made it harder is the owner, like the previous owner, has, I guess, some investment or their work. The reason why he's leaving is so he can focus on getting their stadium situation figured out so that the USL Championship Rhode Island team can happen. So once that was a thing, I was like, okay, well, they're going to sell their shares. It went to Perlman, who I can't think of anyone better to take it because he was pretty much like the head guy before when they were back in PDL. And John pretty much was just like, yeah, I mean, financially, it doesn't make sense. Like, I don't have the money to like continue doing League One. They're going to continue. They're just going to go down League Two. I think they're going to, he's working on trying to get the investors, get the stadium situation figured out because. The previous ownership group had some struggles with the county and the stadium. Um, as it was noted, it was like when the one of the monsoon games happened, the staff, there was no staff from like the stadium complex and other staff to clear the water off the field. So then the Tucson staff has to do it. And they couldn't get to the tools because it was locked. So I think it was like there was definitely some tension there. And I know John's working on, I don't want to say repairing it, but basically getting it back to a good place. Um, so between those two factors of getting more investors and getting the stadium situation figured out, it's easier financially to just go down to lead to continue building that fan support. Um, I know John's working on talking with the fans and everything, and it, it definitely felt like, uh, when they come back up and get to a profession at the highest professional level, not an if, I think the biggest thing for John is just getting, the investor getting some investors getting some people involved focus on the academy get tucson in a place where it's more manageable i mean they got university of arizona in their backyard they still have the women's team so there is i I feel confident john's gonna get them back um but it is kind of unfortunate because obviously players now are suddenly out of work like maybe those that had two-year contracts or an option are out of work there's probably staff. There's probably going to be an overall staff because you don't need as many people for, you know, a League Two season than a League One season. But they're still going to continue doing that uh, MLS preseason down there. So I think that's still a good revenue source for them and having that availability. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The uh, article is... You were talking about about the stadium situation. What's kind of happening with that? Because you're the one that kind of tipped us to it. Oh, yeah. So... Oh, go ahead, Jeff. Oh, yeah. I mean, I think Kyle hit most of it. So there was at some sort of municipal stadium deal. So it's like kind of similar to like how Madison's technically like in a city of Madison stadium, uh, how Omaha's technically in a Sarpy County stadium, which is the county they're in. However, in both those instances, Madison's parent company is the operator of uh, said stadium and Omaha's parent company is the operator of said stadium. So it's almost like uh, the Greenville situation where they're at that, early college uh 
but instead of it being kind of an amicable situation, they're kind of being pricks about it and they didn't want to do a lot of stuff and your hands are kind of tied to a certain degree there because you are not the operator of the stadium. You are not the owner of that stadium. You are merely a tenant. Mm -hmm. And so if you want to like sell beer after a certain time, it's like, well, no, we only sell this. If you want to have a higher percentage of concession cuts, it's like, well, no, sorry. And it's just kind of one of those interesting things. And to Kaylor's point, um, I wonder with this too, because I think uh, Tucson, despite their size, is always an organization that I think has had a lot of professionalism. Apparently the players found out like from the announcement. I wouldn't be surprised if the owner of the team said, hey, I'm folding the team because I'm going to go do Rhode Island. And then Perlman came in um, and just bought the team and his only recourse was League Two. One, because I, I don't think he probably meets the $10 million uh, liquid net worth uh, requirement for third division U.S. soccer. And uh, two, cash flow-wise, it doesn't make sense. But it was interesting in the statement that it says they will move back up to League One pending a new stadium. So I wonder if they're still retaining the franchise rights for a League One team. It's just there's a little clause there saying dependent on the stadium. So it's... uh Yeah, Perlman has the League One rights. Like, he has it. So when... That's why I was saying, like, if he can get the stadium, if he can get the additional investor money wise, they'll go they'll go back up. And mm-hmm. I think that's just that's why when I asked him, like, do you have like a bench? Like, do you have a time frame when that wants to happen? He said, obviously, you know, the sooner the better. But he's he's feeling pretty confident that he can get there. I like I said, that's why I feel like it's a matter of when in Tucson's case. I don't feel like it's, you know, like when Penn. FC was supposed to come down or um, Rochester when they were like initially going to self-relegate to league one and it just never happened. I don't get that feeling from Tucson at the moment. And I think that's also just the big thing with like the stadium, like all the teams in league one besides Greenville, Fuego and I guess Noco have either primary tenantship or primary control of their stadium or like in the case like Tormento or chat or NCFC they're like it's their stadium mm-hmm. like they don't have to like whatever it's theirs but in Greenville and Tucson and the other case it's like well you're the tenant and I think in Greenville's case it's not ideal but they still draw enough people where maybe the financial hit doesn't hurt as much because, you know, Greenville's still getting, you know, around 2,700 people, which I, oh, we again, don't own our stadium. Yeah. NCFC yeah. doesn't own their stadium. We are primary tenants with the courage, but we don't own it. That's the town of Cary. Okay. And also, mm-hmm. I, our stadium lease ended. Mm. So <laughs> our relationship with Legacy is considered over, I believe. I starting. Right. Yeah, they did a thank you thing and everything. Hmm. But so that's what. But what like. With Tucson's case, because I think with the lower attendance, it was probably more of a financial hit than, uh, say, Greenville or even Fuego, and they're working on potentially getting a stadium. I think that's why Greenville is working so hard to get the stadium is probably because financially it just hurt too much. Sorry, right, yeah. uh, Bucks got a three. <laughs> yeah, there's, yeah, there was a thing in Fresno City Council literally last night about um, Fresno trying to buy like the old Civic Center site in Fresno. So I, I think that's going to be the, I think the stadium's kind of like the biggest hurdle and then getting other people to buy in <laughs> is probably like step two. 
Greenville yeah, to Furman. Think... What about Greenville to Clemson? Stop. <laughs> that was the worst. We do not need. Okay, I know Clemson isn't SEC, but that's basically SEC. That's not SEC. USL SEC, baby. We gonna be on CBS Network. Which I think at this, I think at this point, it's not really a secret because everyone talks about it. But I know, like, at least in Omaha, everyone always asks, "Well, why doesn't Omaha play at Creighton, which is my alma mater?" And it's like, well, because Creighton did not want it to be like a partnership. It was kind of like you can play here, but it's going to be under our terms, and like we get ours, and then you get like whatever's left over. And so I think that's really like the big thing uh, with the push for primary tenancy our owner operatorship or anything like that is because then you have a lot of control over concessions and parking, parking and ticketing and the suites and the naming rights. Cause like the naming rights alone, I think for Warner park where Omaha plays, I think naming rights are over a million dollars a year. So that's like a lot of money. And even if you get half of that, that's, that's a ro- Still that's money. Most, <laughs> that's more than most teams rosters. Yeah. I think the average roster in USL one is between like three to $400,000. So if you're getting, you know, three to four hundred thousand dollars per year in naming rights for the stadium, that's your entire roster right now. <clears throat> so that's why everyone's in such a rush to build these stadiums is because, man, that makes things cash flow really easy. Easy, and then it's not even the stadium. You could name like the lounges. You could name certain areas. You could do the concessions deals, and there's just so much more opportunity to sell sponsorships and partnerships and everything else. But I think that's also what's going to make the next cut, like Greenville, Omaha, Lexington, like when they start getting those stadiums, like what, how, if they can get that to go in their favor, you know, uh, uh, Fuego, Noco, like I said, technically they would be the primary tenants of that sports complex, but no one knows where the fuck that is completion wise. Like the baseball stadium seems to be done and there seem to be buildings up, but we don't know anything about the soccer field. Mm hmm. And there doesn't seem to be any update. So I don't know what's going on there. But that's I think that's going to be the interesting part for especially future League One teams. It's like, get your stadium taken care of first. Like Spokane, get the stadium part done. Then focus on the rest. Yeah, and I think, too, with kind of how NOCO went, I think that they were really hungry for another team. Obviously, with COVID and supply chain delays and everything else this year, like it didn't happen on time. But that's why it seems like a lot of these teams are kind of being pushed off till 2024 from last year, 2025 from this year is because they want you to have a place to play when you start. They don't want any of this nomad bullshit anymore. Um, And the reason why Knoxville is playing is because Knoxville has a team. They have a front office. They have all the mechanisms of a team and they have a place to play. So the only difference is they're going to be professional instead of semi-pro. But they were always aimed to be professional as right. well. Like, that was always the aim when they started. It's like, we want to get up to League One. Right. And so I think, uh, and you know, that yeah. was the open secret for Knoxville. We're just all waiting on them making an announcement, which is why every time they, anybody was like, hey, announcement on League One, everyone's like, it's it's Knoxville. And I think the next one is going to be Bollard, where like everybody and their second cousin knows that Bollard is going to go up to League One. It's just a matter of like, mm-hmm. when. And then there's Portland yeah, tweeting, more see more you more soon. More. It's like, no, you're fucking not, you liars. No, no you're not. <laughs> no. You can't yeah. trick me. You cannot trick me. So Tucson <laughs> goes down. Knoxville we'll goes up. What is our early season predictions? What do you, what do you mean? <laughs> yeah, like where, like 
Are we three peating? Is NCFC three peating with Knoxville coming up? Is I gotta see. All I gotta see. Playoffs? I gotta see Knox get on their roster first. Huh? Let yeah. me see a roster first. Then. Yeah, because we made this mistake with Charlotte. Oh, right. Mm-hmm. Let me see a roster first. The thing It'll is, off their roster from League Two, they're gonna be stupid good. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely stupid good. Well, I think that's again, like we've talked about a thousand times. That's the interesting thing about League One is there's all sorts of talent acquisition and retention strategies that work really, really well. It's just a matter of which one are you going to choose? Yeah. That's what it comes down to. Um, well, and I was going to say, you can go with like a league two or young squad and do pretty well. Like NCFC showed earlier in the year mm-hmm. and you can go with a lot of championship guys and struggle. Like there is, it, like there that? is no one way to build. I, a... I, I, I would disagree with that. Beth. I think that is, I think that's, Probably the least effective measure. What? Because we only see I, going to League what, Two. What the championship? No, 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 no. I'm saying, I'm saying, like going with a League Two ro- predominant roster that has a lot of youth behind it. Because we seen that with Tormenta year one, how they started out strong and then flamed out. I NCFC kind of the same thing. I think you're probably going to need guys that are just a little bit. It's fine to bring up some of the guys, but you can't bring up. That right. entire roster. It like, can't be your core. No. Yeah. Well, I think with all this stuff, it's a dice roll. And if you get guys, if you did that and like some of them get hot and good, like you could win, but are they? No. And I think that's kind of, I mean, that's getting ahead of, of ourselves. That's the, yeah. that's the Cincinnati mo- uh, model or the uh, Minnesota model where they just literally took their USL team and said, go play in MLS. For and their and that worked bad. really well. It worked for Minnesota. It did not work. For it Minnesota. took Minnesota a couple of years to get yeah. there because they were Minnesota's bad year one. I and mean, I think the other thing, and I, when I was talking to DZ Bartman, he was saying like having that core helps with the continuity and chemistry and everything else, which is why the teams that are doing really well, they have their core and they can kept that core consistent and why Tormenta did so well because they already had the guys. They knew how to play together while the rest of the league is a bunch of dudes that just met for the first time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's right. Too. It's just more so about like you kind of look. It's kind of like the same kind of drop off. It's kind of like that early July. It's been both tormented in twenty nineteen and NCFC over the last two years. It kind of just dropped off just because they're yeah. consistently. You're just not used to playing that same amount. Um, any last thoughts on this or on on the Tucson fiasco? Not fiasco, but self allegations. Before we move on to the next topic, so for Tucson. Oh, we're at 12 teams. Yeah. Right, I was going to say, Tucson-wise, um, I wish them the best of luck. I hope they come back soon to the Tucson fans. Give John a chance. Give this team a chance still. Like I, I feel as though the goals that they have and the, the effort they're putting is still going to be there. It's just going to be, I guess, quote-unquote, in a smaller scale. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> yeah, yeah no, true. Sure. And congrats, um, Knoxville. Can't wait to see you soon. Yeah. I'm not going to lie. I will say this. This is my last thought about it. If Tucson was going to stay up, like if they were going to stay in for next year, I truly thought that John Perm was going to go back up to the front office and they were going to uh, go get Phoenix on coach, Rick. He was the first head coach there. Mm-hmm. 
and it wouldn't run it back. Back in league two. Let's go. Say, you, you, that doesn't stop them, right? Hey, now. John's not doing <laughs> coaching. He said, I'll do it in an emergency, but I am not coaching this league yeah. two team. John, John was tired. He was like, <laughs> run it back. <laughs> Well, I think they're going to get this uh, U14 guy from Richmond uh, that's kind of buzzy right now. Hey, that's no, they can get Jimmy Weekly. <laughs> no. Well, Don't you got to give him a Playboy subscription to come there. Well, he wouldn't go, he wouldn't go there because it's not Tempe. Yeah. It's close enough to Tempe. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, we got that underway. And like we've also been saying as well, Knoxville is coming out from USL League. I mean, USL League 2. So congratulations to them. Um, you know, we have 12 teams. So it's going to be interesting how they do the schedule next year. Oh, with 12 teams hmm? um, guys, I what say we talk about now? What? I'm not counting 12. Like probably team. missing Chattanooga uh. or Fuego. Everyone forgets Chattanooga. They always do. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, Every, everybody, whenever have... people are naming teams, it's like always Chattanooga. Yeah. Which is hilarious because they're always in the news, but never for the right reason. That most recent comment needs to be put up. Yeah. Just want to put it out there. You try to like some public people. Only you can prevent the horniness on the timeline. Never be horny on May before noon. Whoa, whoa, hey, hey, I ain't gonna say all that. I ain't gonna say all that. <laughs> Sometimes you I was just gotta say, let it we fly. have a guy that will constantly tweet horny things on May <laughs> before noon. Do what you want, just be aware. Yeah, yeah, you just gotta live in it. Don't be blocking people and whatnot. Just live in your horniness. Again, no. there's nothing wrong with being horny. I mean, just be, just realize it's yeah, the likes are public. But also, don't be throwing your cash at out cash about that. Yeah, that part was that's that. No, that's the that. funny part because you were getting paid as a coach, and you just throwing your cash up out there. So, for the people who aren't on Twitter, can we just like sum that up really quickly? Oh man, what do you mean? Right. Being horny can I on sum main? it up real quickly? <laughs> I think we. I think so... we're doing it. I, I want the really Yogi. Give me that out. solo cam. Give me that solo cam. Oh my! Oh, <laughs> fuck it. Allow it. Allow it. I gotta laugh at this. I gotta laugh at the Sixers. So allow it. Okay. So, first of all, shout out to the Walk in ninety tip line MVPs of the game. We received a tip that we should go look at uh, Jimmy Weekly's Twitter, especially his likes and his comments. So we did look at his likes and his comments. Uh, in his likes, Jimmy liked a bunch of tweets from people who were – I didn't uh, investigate much. Yogi probably did. They are either Russian porn fishing bots and not like you know the type of guys that are dragging cod out of the ocean or like OnlyFans models or something, which, you know, whatever. Like that's fine, but it's also like kind of a bad look for a coach. So we sat on it for a couple days, and then – we just with Omaha playing Chattanooga in the playoffs. I kind of said, you know, fuck it. We can't get anybody to bite on it. Like I'm going to go ahead and take one. And I just gave him a very professional, Hey man, just so you know, Twitter likes are public. And that let's not go professional. Let's let's not lie. It was not professional. No, it was very not professional. Yeah, Don't lie. (laughs) (laughs) And it devolved into a lot of masturbation jokes, jokes at his expense, jokes about being horny on Maine. And then ultimately resulted and Jimmy Weekly blocking, I think, like half of USL one Twitter. Hey, hey, he blocked y'all. He ain't blocked me. <laughs> me neither. Yeah, I'm fine. But I think like the most uh, 
surprising thing out of all of it, which is like probably the sketchiest part was the cash app stuff. Yes. God damn it. <laughs> what is this? Wait a minute. <laughs> Why? <laughs> I, I will say one of the people that we tried to get to say this was the Bolt, was Bolt, and said, hey, Bolt, check out Jimmy Weekly's likes, and Bolt was like, too hot for me, too spicy for me. <laughs> but, yeah, so this is the type of things that uh, Jimmy was liking. And, you know, ultimately, like, on the grand scheme of – things Chattanooga has done to like stick their foot in their own mouth this year. This is like the least bad. This is like, not like bad. It's just like fucking hilarious. No, it's a funny thing. Evan's over here tweeting in, in the off season. Like, yes. not God damn Ford it. Madison even made a joke. Ford Madison on the official account made a joke about it. But you know, again, it's like, it's no, just I funny. Like every social media manager made a joke. It's yes. one way or another. Mm-hmm. And ultimately, it's it's just funny. I you know the Omaha fans, if they have any chutzpah, are going to make jokes about it. They'll have a banner or something that'll get taken away by Chattanooga. We can all act offended by that. And you know, ultimately, it's just like really funny. And if Jimmy's here next year, like oh boy, he better he better buckle up. He's going to have a lot of a oh, lot I of want comments. I, I'm I'm doing a cash app team. Which, by the way, don't ever type tweet out the word cash up. You will have like a thousand bots. Yeah, I was yeah, gonna say thanks for fault. that because we fault. just got one. We got a spam one. Thanks. That's yeah, that's a thousand bots. Yeah, I mean, and ultimately, it's it's just really funny. And I guess here's just the reminder that you know, sex work is real work, and yada yada yada. But at the same time, it's okay to make fun of people for being horny online. Yeah, yeah. that's fine. It's really funny. And if you don't um, want people to make fun of you for being horny online, click on your profile picture. There's three dots. Click that. Create new account. Make yourself a burner. Go like I was all just the about porn to say, shit you That's want. why you have a burner account. Mm-hmm. <laughs> or just there's go on the hub good. like a normal horny well, person. Well, right. Like there's a multitude of internet sites that are free that you can use. But also, good job. Good job wanting to pay. Excuse me. Excuse me. I have a question. You got a question? God damn it. Do you think the reason why he's throwing his cash up out there is to pay for the OnlyFans accounts? <laughs> Just asking. I mean, I don't know if we can put that. I don't know if we can put that sentence on. Oh, God, DMs can't Taylor. be. Not all DMs can be free. <laughs> Just saying. We well, I think what we what we learned is that Chattanooga does not pay their assistant slash temporary head coach enough money to like not be begging for money on the internet. Cause like I could certainly use 25,000 us dollars, but I'm certainly not going to go on Twitter and be like, Hey, send me 25,000 us dollars. Here's my cash app. You think he's a feet guy? Oh, a hundred percent. He's old and white. A hundred percent. Okay. <laughs> and he's from Chattanooga. Hell, he probably like girls with no teeth. <laughs> <laughs> I'd have killed Brandon. <laughs> oh, all right. Like I said before, if I wasn't on the show, the show would only be 40 minutes. It's I'd been 30 sure. minutes and we've barely talked actual USL League One. There's been news. Right. Yeah, we talked news and I guess yeah. I guess here's everyone's opportunity, comment section included. Anybody have any jokes to get out? Cash app jokes. This is your hey, last you can rub it out. jokes. Nope, I'm good. 
I'm, just, uh, I'm looking. I'm looking at Kayla's Kayla's message here, and I know we can't put it up. And I'm just... nope, but it's a good one. You shouldn't. You shouldn't do this. But that. <laughs> that's not the one I was thinking. But that's, that's not, not the one I was thinking either. We're here, Kyle. <laughs> oh, but... god damn it! <laughs> You know how we said we weren't going to be a show after you know, <laughs> bringing up Rico charges um, with Corey Hertzog? This, sure this, right? this is actually going to shut down the show. Yeah, this is it right here. Wait, what did Corey Hertzog do? He didn't you do anything. He, he thought it was a drug front that because there's no way that move could have happened so quickly. You don't remember Once this? Again, let's go oh, through how this move okay, happened. Yeah, yeah. Corey Hertzog, wherever his name is, gets signed by Union Omaha. Harper makes a statement saying, we have officially released a player within the span of six minutes. Drug money. <laughs> or Chattanooga is, is just being a drug fund for Cash App. Who knows? <laughs> um, Preview so, last week's games. Right. We'll, we'll <laughs> yeah, go anyways. We'll go All right. Sorry. Sorry about the jokes. Um, uh, so we'll start off. We'll go in chronological order. We won't go super in-depth by the A's because some games didn't matter as much as others. Um, we'll start off with giving Omaha versus Cincinnati Fuego. Notable things about this game was Omaha's Nothing. attack. The game didn't happen. It did happen, Jim. Happen. Live with it. I need you to fester in this, Jim. Okay? Look, he, I don't get all that bullshit last week. You sit with this, all right? Right. right. <laughs> no one told your team to go out there and let uh, and let Cheney get 10 goals and chip you from half. That's on y'all. You live in this, sir. So this is how bad that game was. So I, I fully went in being like, everything is going to happen. We're going to win. We're going to end up in second place. We got beat. I didn't watch another minute of USL soccer that weekend. Uh, I went home. I just, like, sat in my little office uh, damn, just being mad. Family man? Shit. Well, I sat, the baby was there, too, but I was mad <laughs> holding the baby, which is probably not great either. Uh, but anyways, I, I thought Richmond uh, beat Greenville until, like, Tuesday. Yeah, I did too. <laughs> and I was like, Omaha would have been in second place if we had gotten our shit figured out. I had this whole bit planned for the podcast, which in fairness, we would have been third if we had won, which is like still good. But it's like, you know, it's a tiny margin of error. And, you know, I think again for Omaha, it's it's been uh, <clears throat> injuries killed us this year. And, you know, we'll get into it in the playoff preview here in a little bit, but Omaha has been a team that the offensive signings we made in the offseason to replace Mr. Hurst and Conway and Boyce and like all the names that we remember from last year didn't uh, pan out as much as we would like. So we were a team that defended on defense, which was fine because we got a lot of draws and we had a lot of wins that should have been draws and a lot of draws that should have been losses. But then you have two going down in Richmond. You have new going down also versus Richmond. You have Bawa going down, which was a much bigger uh, hit than we thought it would be. And all of a sudden, you're down to like two of the five defensive starters from the beginning of the year being on the team. And that's when like the wheels came off the bus. And, you know, it's interesting. I think um, for Omaha, it's still a successful season. We talked about it last week. I think saying that Omaha season's like a failure or not great, I think is a bit reactionary. We still made the playoffs. 
we still went to the round of eight in the open cup and you know who knows what happens and we'll get to the we will get to the uh playoff predictions here in a bit but you know omaha has a very favorable route to the semifinals and so that's like the weird thing about having a playoffs in soccer versus like every other soccer league in the world is uh you can have a horrible season but then if you make the playoffs you can still be the champion is omaha gonna be the champion probably not but could it happen sure I think the Crazy thing with Omaha, though, was in this game in particular, in the first half, they were stringing passes together. They looked relatively okay in attack, and it just – they couldn't get a great chance. Mm-hmm. But then in the second half, they kind of just decided, all right, fuck it. We're going to defend, get the ball, and just yeet it as far – just long ball it up top and hope that there's a mistake on Fuego's end and they Omaha can capitalize on it. And there are moments where – that could have turned in their favor, but that was like that wasn't a cohesive enough strategy. And especially after Fuego scored the first goal, and Omaha still doing the same thing. It's like they just ran out of ideas. It was, I think that was the part that was concerning. Is more, it almost felt as though they panicked, mm-hmm. and they weren't trying to string the passes together. They kind of did one or two passes and then launched the ball upfield. And again, do one or two passes, launch the ball upfield. There was never a slowly move it forward it was always just hope for the best and i think that's the part that is more concerning in terms of omaha's attack is if they go down one zero are they going to try and just counter like long ball direct as possible and hope that they can get a quick goal or are they going to be patient enough and that's where i don't know if that's going to work out against chattanooga it's a little bit more likely because chattanooga is going to want to be on the front foot so maybe omaha can catch them in that regard but Omaha's defense is good enough to win a championship. Omaha's attack is bad enough that they will blank, shoot blanks the whole time, like Jimmy Weekly probably does in his spare time, and get him out of the playoffs. God damn it. No, I mean, All right. A lot of their best, like, a lot of their wins. Like, I mean, you think about the North Carolina game. That was like, there was a lob down the field by Ryan Jeba that was clearly just a clearance that ends up on the feet of, I think it was Corey Herzog, right? Like, mm-hmm. and then, I mean, that happened over and over again. They had three goals that were just mistakes. You think about Chattanooga. When they play against Chattanooga, same thing. They win a second ball. Uh, was that, who was it that won the second ball in that game? I remember. Uh, it was someone random. It was like um, Eddie Bruce or something. Yeah, yeah. It was, it was, so like, they have literally thrived off of mistakes and launching it long and hoping for the best. I mean, a lot of their wins have come from that. And so, I mean, again, like Kaylor said it, you said it, Kyle, like their, their team so strong defensively, if they can hold on, you know, there's no chance there, there's a chance they can win the whole thing. But if, if they just do that the entire time and Chattanooga doesn't show, I mean, I don't see how they can get, I don't see how they can get anywhere. It's going to be interesting. It's going to be interesting, that matchup. Um, so we go to the next game that happened. It was the one versus two game again, which, by the way, every time Richmond and Greenville have played each other, Brandon Franklin, I'm wrong, it's been a one versus two matchup, right? Um, more this alive. season? I think so. Uh, I think every season, time we played, I think it's been a one versus two. Yeah, this yeah season. because you guys were one. This was when you guys were much closer in the play in the, in the um, yeah. standing, so. Yep. Um, 
But pretty much all from this game that happened was Emmy wins the Golden Boot and Greenville claws one back to get a draw and get a whole playoff game and then celebrate in front of the Red Army as if they won the title. That was beautiful. I mean, they won a regular season title. I mean, yeah, yeah we did. And I had fun. I got shit-faced. It was wonderful. <laughs> that was absolutely shit-faced. I went into that game not caring. <laughs> celebrated the first goal, saw them score the second. I mean, you saw Greenville score, and I was just like, ah, okay. <laughs> it was me at the Henny Derby, basically. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. That was it. Well, I mean, Brandon, what are your takeaways from, from a Greenville perspective? I mean, you guys got to draw at, what, the 86th minute yeah. to get the whole game that you guys needed. It felt like it was something that – because I think at one point, you guys were actually fourth in the table. If I'm, if I'm doing the math right, or third. There was a chance um, that night that we ended. I think we still would have had a home playoff no matter what. I think yeah. at, at the point at, towards the end of the game, but it was. I mean, it was. It was not. It wasn't looking good. There I was mean, one point where they were fourth, like for maybe yeah. like five minutes, they were yeah. sitting in fourth place. Yeah, I mean, for for one, Alex Cox Ashwood kind of coming in and scoring his second goal. Uh, that kid, he's fought so hard all season long. I mean, like, he hasn't got a ton of a ton of playing time, but like, like you can't deny how how hard he works off the ball. Uh, I think that's one of my favorite things about him is he like he presses intensely, he presses well. But man, like it was it was a struggle to watch that game. I mean, at times, and you know, Ryan made the joke. Evan Lee is basically messy. Like we we do this a lot. Greenville will end up Evan Lee just. He gets he he's given the freedom to make all these runs forward and basically basically become an attacker and he's incredible at it for some reason it's like he literally just goes like he just at the 60th minute decides he's going to start going on an adventure and I mean that's what that's what got us the goal was Evan Lee carrying the ball at the field getting into the final third our center back getting into the final third and putting in a cutback um, and it's just I, I do worry coming into the playoffs like that has to be cleaned up. You know what I mean? Like we can't, our center back can't be the guy putting in cutback crosses when we're one down, you know, in a, in a semifinal game. Uh, I just, I, I really hope I, that that was, I think the biggest worry for me. I think we looked fine defensively. I think we have all season, but yes, Joel Matz it for sure. Um, but I mean, I, I, I do I am a little bit anxious about that just because that in the final third we have not uh we've had the most shot I think we have the most shots in the league still and we still we are probably fifth or sixth in goals and it's just that we haven't gotten good shots and uh I think just the past past five or six games we haven't looked good enough in the final third. So I'm I'm a little anxious. I'm excited obviously because I know my team is good enough to win, uh, you know, win a title. But I'm a little, I'm a little anxious coming out of this game for sure. Yeah, I'm not. I was champion. I'm not really trying to be cocky. It's just more so like that night was cool as shit. Yeah, <laughs> it's cool as shit. Luke Pavone almost broke his damn neck doing black Phillips. Tazagi uh, celebrated himself. And, uh, it was kind of fun. Once again, I was shit faced. Probably drank a half a box of uh, Twisty Teas by myself. It had two IPAs. Yeah, I was gone. I, I was, I was gone. 
And I had to walk up and down steps. Yeah. <laughs> also, I help. didn't mess up. So I okay. So I thought it was gonna be cold. I had a hoodie on. Dog, I was sweating by like the 20th minute. And this is like beer sweat. Like I speak for Kyle when I don't want to hear anybody south of the Mason Dixon line talking about cold. Well, it was 70 degrees. I thought it was gonna be cold because I've been in my house all day. I was in my house the entire day. And I was like, oh, because no, I thought you were gonna say it was like 50, and I would be like, okay, fine. Like, I get that. What? 70? I, okay, get the fuck out of here! I thought it was going to be cold. So I Wait, it was seventy degrees. Spot. I had to put my hoodie on. <laughs> no, 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 no! Fuck no. out of here! I <laughs> I thought it was going to be like fifty or like fifty degrees. I was like, all right, I'll put a hoodie on. Whatever. I get outside. Did you not look like at your phone. I'm like, oh, I don't fuck up. <laughs> well, especially if you had like eighteen twisted tees and some IPAs. Yeah, man. You got that coat I on. Was and like, hey, Kyle, y'all been to City Stadium, and you know that hill you got to walk up to get to the top of the concourse? Oh, yeah, yeah. From the oh. tail? Nah. <laughs> I had to walk up that, Jay. I, halfway, I'm like, hey, Lord, if you want to take me now, I'd have seen that. Okay, before. 30s is I'm cold. Like, no, I will give him that. 30s is cold. I, I will give I'm in the chat they're saying like it was 30 this morning. That's fine. That is cold. That's yeah, cold. it's been 30s. It's been 30s in North Carolina. In the morning. Now. That's still no. cold. Like that's what you gotta wake up. You step outside, oh, I'm sorry, dog that out, you're like, you live in the middle of the Midwest. And this is why we don't want to have a European soccer schedule. What? Oh, no. You don't want the orange ball? Come on. I don't want it to be 19 degrees no, really at two o'clock in the afternoon and you know, bundle up my kid to be like, okay, honey, we're going to the Union Omaha game. And he'll be like, the fuck you are. Well, you know, we I don't want to go to I don't want to go to a Ford Madison game, and there's a ninety percent chance my car won't start after the match ends because it's too damn cold. Well, it's like that uh, Minnesota USA game where people's beers were freezing in the stands. Someone was there. Oh yeah, that was yeah, that was a wild game. That's why I can't complain about cold. It was zero degrees. <laughs> so, it was below zero. <laughs> it got to like negative one or two at a point. Yeah, that's right. Uh, moving on to the uh, Who's More Horny or Twitter game, uh, Tormenta versus Chattanooga. This was the game that I hyped up. What, Jill? <laughs> hey. That's a wild-ass comment, dog. That's a wild-ass game. You'll put the beating meat coming up, but you're not going to put his nipples on screen? Uh, <laughs> That's a wild ass comment. That's wild. Um, yeah, this is the game that I hyped up as being like, this is the game everyone should be watching. And I'm not gonna lie to you, it seemed like Chattanooga did not show up for this game. They were flat footed the whole time. Tormenta, especially after the first goal, was just at them the whole time. It Chattanooga just looked rattled. Like they looked legit rattle. They did not know. They just didn't know what happened. It looked like what they normally do to teams happened to them. You know, how like Chattanooga midfield is just like constantly causing chaos. It seemed like that happened to them in this game and they didn't know how to react to it. Yeah. And I think it was, and I feel like there's also part of it wonders. Did Chattanooga know like what was going on in like the Greenville Richmond game or like the North like the Charlotte and like they just knew like 
And they maybe knew, like, before with the Omaha game, like, we have a home playoff game. Like, we're good. <laughs> I didn't know Bolt was still here. <laughs> <laughs> Never left. But, yeah, no. With Chattanooga, though, they just looked bad. And Tormenta looked sharp. Like, they looked like a team that has all the confidence in the world. Mm-hmm. Also, that game felt like it just went on for fucking hours. Like, all, like... The Richmond-Greenville game ended, and I was like, okay, this game's got to be close. And it was, like, still in the 60-something minute. I was like, what the fuck? What is that? This game's been going on for two hours. This is almost as long as a Walking 90 podcast. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. That's how long that show went on for. Um, anything else for this game? It really just – I don't know, y'all. Like, it just felt like Chattanooga was not a fight. I, I expected Chattanooga no. to try to fight for it. It just seemed that they were just like – yeah, because second bad. place was still in play. Yeah. So I don't know, but I we was, move on. I was at the game, so I couldn't. Um, Ev, do you want a solo cam for this part? No, yeah. I was so drunk at that game, I don't remember it. <laughs> yeah, I figured this shit out. Wait, why is Chip so? What? Like- I'm so I don't know. Hold on. <laughs> There we go. Your 2022 Wooden Spoon winner. Officially. How does it feel? Back to back. It feels like, honestly, um, feels like I'm okay with this. This this year's Wooden Spoon, I like it better than last year's because it like there was some type of direction. And now it's just about executing, which they didn't do in the final half of the season. So it's like an artisan, ma- like a, a very like artisan spoon. Yeah. Like someone worked really hard on making that spoon. Yeah. No. I, I guess. Yeah. It, it. Like they could sell it for sixty bucks at the the carry shop. You know. Um, it felt like they knew what they wanted to do with the balance of veterans plus. Shut up, Geo. Um, <laughs> veterans plus um, academy, but they kind of lost it when they lost all their veterans in the middle of the season. So it was just a lot of academy um, that didn't really know how to be professional. And so they just kind of lost their way. And then when all the professionals came back, it was like, well, how do we dig ourselves out of this hole? And they just couldn't. So. Yeah, okay. All right. I, I do want to ask this though. Like, Seeing the five-one defeat to your in-state rivals Charlotte, and knowing what you guys could have done to them, does it kind of leave you with like a sour taste in your mouth? Like not like weekly, guys, weekly. But do you have like that kind of feeling of just like we the opportunity is there to knock this team out in a rivalry game? I think I'm more upset that we just did that against the rival. Um, and not like, yeah, there were some very bad lapses of like not defending. Like, like I said in our group chat, like Fisher and Skelton are not the center back pairing that will lead us into greatness. You know, um, Fisher played very well for other teams at points in the season, so it's not like he's, but he's still young, and I don't know how you get him those those game time experiences without putting them in there. Uh, so I get what they're trying to do, 
but there were times when we needed to win and that just wasn't the answer. You know, like we're a very attacking team and sometimes having Pekka come in for a full 90 doesn't really help, especially when you have like Showcat and uh, Servania, uh, you know, um, who else it was that Rincon coming in and just running straight at them. And here we have this one guy, <laughs> oh man! If I could bring back Nazmi, I'd pay him every dollar I had right now, because <laughs> that's what they wanted Pekka to be—is that that guy that can like hold down a midfield but still turn and go. But he's not turning and going; he's just still standing there at the six as players run by him on both sides. So, yeah, it's about that time to hang him up. It's about that time. Hmm. About that time. Um, nothing else to mention from this game outside of Charlotte clinches their playoff spot, and now all of a sudden, all the Charlotte FC fans decide, like, oh shit, there is a team going to the playoffs. I don't want Lemus back. I will say, I will say that there were points where you could see that NCFC were attacking because it literally, they were, it was like they remembered that Charlotte didn't have a back line. And so, like, all of a sudden, they've got, um, like, Somersault coming at them. Like, their right, their right side is still so weak against speed. Because we, if that ball go, that went off the crossbar goes in, it's a different game. Mm-hmm. And then it's 2-2 instead of 2-1. And, you know. Maybe things maybe we are turning the page and we're going at them and it's just a whole different game. So Well, maybe next year you guys are fighting for the wooden spoon is hard. So um hope you guys have a better year. We move on to the last game, the game that didn't matter, the game that actually uh Kyle, your team actually relegated FC Tucson. Um anything you want to talk about from this game or should we just skip it? I mean Maybe if anyone it. watched no, 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 hold on, no. I'll just say, if anyone <laughs> saw the match and saw the final chance that Madison had, it was last seconds, Madison gets the ball, attack, puts it across, just across a six, gets to a Madison player, if he just kicks the fucking ball, it's in the <clears> net, <throat> somehow fucks it up, Tucson clears it, Madison doesn't score. That was the epitome of their season. Epitome of both teams. Both teams yeah. were more excited not to be playing for the wooden spoon. Oh yeah, they were both attacking. They were like, well, "Fuck it, we're gonna go attack. We're gonna just." And it was it was at least one of the more entertaining games because I think both teams knew there was nothing wooden spoon on the line at least. Right. Well, that's the end of the regular season that all happened there. Um, end of the season awards happened. The Milan Tsuzagi in the season on seventeen goals wins to go to boot his third straight. Jonathan Bolaños <clears throat> has eleven assists on the season. Um, so he gets the uh, assist leader award, and then uh, Nuhu from Union Omaha wins the Golden Glove award. I think I saw somewhere like his save was was like ninety eight percent or something like that. I don't know. Maybe I look. Point nine eight goals per game. Okay, there we go. So he's giving up. Less he's also goals. been. I'm kind of shocked. I, I wonder what the goal threshold was because I know when Madison got the goalkeeper whose name escapes me at the moment from Tampa Bay Rowdies, and he was just like on that hot streak for a while. People in Omaha were like, well, I wonder how many appearances he has to have to count. I think you have to play at least – you have to play over 50% of, like, the possible minutes. Mm-hmm. 
because that was kind of my question with New Who missing like the last seven games of the season. It's like, well, I hope he's still eligible. Yeah. Which obviously he was because he won again. Yeah. But yeah. Yes, Gio, he is. But um, you know, I think that's the big thing is you can still be the underdog for the playoffs with the goal leader and the assist leader on your team, and then the second best goal. <laughs> hey, hey, we will top into that right now. So uh, each of us did a pros and cons list. Um, pretty much what we think the pros of uh, each team are and what the cons are. So we you guys start at start six. With, we start at six. All right. Yeah, I already have the so, team. So all right, we go with Charlotte. So Charlotte pros. They can be unpredictable. Uh, tied with Tormenta for points in the last five some matches. Oh, yeah. Matches. So they're they're coming in really – I wrote that one. Uh, they're coming oh. in real hot. So they are in one of the best forms in the league that's in the playoffs right now. And then they've also scored in bunches. We've seen that a couple times this year where they just come out and they score four or five goals. All so right. that's, you know, scary. And in the playoffs, if you can get up two, three goals, all of a sudden that team's on their back heel and, you know, you can make some – Scary stuff happened. There we go. All right. Um, another pro was can't score in bunches sometimes, like Tim, you just said. Uh, the cons of Charlotte are can can the defense keep up with the attack and they have the roughest road to the final. Hence, that's why they succeed. So, guys, real quick, we'll take one minute. Let's dissect Charlotte. What do you guys think about Charlotte? Did the pros and cons fit for this team? How do we still not know what this team – can do on defense, and they're in the playoffs. I really think it's been, but don't break. And that that's what I think this defense is. I think yeah. it's been, but don't break. Like, try to hold them out for a goal. If you let them go, all right, fine. We'll allow the attack to try to solve everything else. But I think it's really been, but don't break for them. And I think and it's an attack that can... Somebody go. Go ahead. Go okay, ahead. I was gonna say it's an attack that maybe they might score four or five goals in a game and win like the first round against Tormenta. I'm not saying it's happened, but like that could be a case. But it's more likely they're going to get blown out, like the doors blown off of them. Yeah. But I just don't think it's a the defense is good enough for a championship. Okay. Fair enough. Fair enough. Yeah, because I mean, if you want to, that's the thing is if you're trying to get into a shootout. In a league like this, where goals have been at a premium, like good, good luck. It's not like they can even score consistently. I think um, overall in the year, for a team that we're saying, man, they can score in bunches. Charlotte has forty-eight goals, which is a lot, but they've also conceded forty-eight goals. So every time they've had a shootout, they've also been blown out. Yeah, that's true. Sure. Um. Oh, go, go, uh, nah, Brandon. For me, I look at throwing Adrian Zendejas, like him in particular, they, they conceded over 20 goals in that seven game stretch where they had no, where they, where they were switching keepers over and over again. In the other 23 games, and Zendejas has only conceded seven more than they conceded in those that seven-game stretch. Mm. In 23 games, he has he has the highest like difference between expected goals to goals in the league, higher than higher even than Akira, which Akira is, is still huge. Um, his is like he he is expected to concede 32 goals and only conceded 27. And for me, 
as far as like if they if they're able to hold on and get to a, get to the get to overtime, get to penalties. I mean, there's no outside of maybe Akira better keeper for that kind of situation than him. That's that we're that's guaranteed to be playing because you know Nuhu may who knows if Nuhu's even going to be healthy. I don't know. Um, he's incredible. I, I don't I don't think we can. I think coming into this game, Charlotte, they have what it takes. I think if if you can't shut down Trezor and um, and Corey Bennett, like if you can't shut them down, it's a game over. I mean, because they've got so many weapons on the inside. The moment you shut down. And Buyu and, and Bennett, I think, you know, you can take care of that game easy. That's a that's an easy easy win. But if you can't shut them down, can't keep them contained, then I I don't see how they can be stopped, honestly. And with someone like Adrian Zendejas at the back, I don't care how bad your defense is, this guy has been standing on his head. So I, I'm I'm really excited for that game. I thought about driving down to see it in person just because I I think this is gonna be the best game of the best game. I of the think- if Charlotte was playing Chattanooga, I'd give them a better chance, but I just don't – not against Tormenta. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You should go down there and uh, hug it out with Bolt. I would. <laughs> I'd love to. All right. Yeah. We move on to the fifth seed, Chubbs Union Omaha. So this is what we have for the pros. We have very good defensively, even with New Who out with injury. Um, good coaching with the best tournament experience in in the league due to the U.S. Open coming up. For those of you got – uh, Union Omaha got to the quarterfinals, I remember right, or semis? Yep. Was it quarters? Yeah, yep. round of eight. Mm-hmm. All right, yeah, quarters of the U.S. Open Cup. I, in my head, I don't know why I think it was semis. Um, the cons of the teams are, oddly enough, attack looks very rough. And who is going to get the starting goalkeeper? Will it be new? Will he return back in time? Or will it be um, – Chip, who's your backup? I can't remember his name right now. Kevin Piedetra. There we go. So, guys, let's take a minute or two to chat about you know, Omaha. Do, do the pros fit the cons? Do the pros fit the cons? Yeah, and I, I think for the goalkeeper one, I was talking to a couple of people at the Fresno game because that was really all there was to do at a certain point. Um, and Nuhu's, there's been videos of him practicing. I don't know if he's coming back. I don't know if he's going to play, but that seems like a very J-esque move not to say anything and be like, well, we're going to make the playoffs anyways. So like, let's just save him and have him come out. Uh, if he does, I think it's probably Omaha. If he comes back, it's probably Omaha's game to lose. And if he doesn't, and it's Kevin Piedetra or our third goalkeeper who we just signed, whose name I don't even remember, um, then it's more of an uphill battle. I think, you know, having a guy like him between the sticks is always – good but i think it seemed like he was hurt pretty bad and if he doesn't come back you know that might be the season okay anyone else has any thoughts on union omaha it's kind of like what i said kind of hit the point like defense, defense has never been a problem yeah can you get one yeah that's that's the thing if union omaha can get one that defense is kind of solid enough to to hold it off. The issue becomes if another team scores and you know my has to press and now they have to open up, can that defense still hold on enough to allow the team to get the goal to kind of get back into it? So that's going to be the issue there. But yeah. it's going to be an interesting matchup um, with the four seed we have coming up in Chattanooga. I promise I won't make any horny jokes. I'll be serious here. 
Um, the pros we have is Ken can score in, in a blink. They can score in a heartbeat. Uh, they have the physicality to overwhelm any team's midfield, which is very true. The cons. Are they mentally strong enough to keep it together despite everything that's happening off the field? And last enough, there's a lot of off the field drama. So, guys, for Chattanooga, do the pros and the cons fit this club? Oh yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. I, I think I mean the all cons. the off field stuff that's happened even just this week is just just adding to the the mess that's happening. And I don't know if they can, like, hold out for that much longer. Well, in a team like Chattanooga that does play such on the edge, I don't know how the refing is going to be. It's already questionable refing as is. But now you're going to go into a playoff situation. Do you have a tackle that maybe would have been a yellow card in the regular season? And maybe it's a red card. Like, it's going to be an interesting thing. Like, is them using that physicality going to potentially backfire? And can they keep their cool? And I don't know. This game has pins written all over it. For, and it seems like you, your Omaha's defense is the defense that's out of anyone's in, out of, in this early round. Is he's best suited for Chattanooga's attack because they, they can stifle them. You know, they can yeah. do the best job of kind of holding them off and keeping them at bay. I think the thing about Chattanooga and it, the thing about Chattanooga that doesn't get question enough is their defense, is that, is that back line, because their midfielder and attack does such a good job of, like, pressing you. <laughs> That's true. I can see that happening. Um, <laughs> it's like the, it's like the Mighty Ducks. Please. They're down 1-0 at halftime, and then they just come back out in the second half wearing cash-up colors, cash-up on the back, only fans on one sleeve, Pornhub on the other. Let's go, beat Omaha's Six. There's a uh, Jergens commercial for Jimmy Weekly to start. Jergens on the lower back. <laughs> sorry. That was bad. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm sorry, Lord. It's been walking 90. Thanks for joining us. We'll see you next week. <laughs> okay, let me let me get to that. Okay, okay, okay. so I, I Chattanooga. Want to this about um, Chattanooga. This right. is the team last year that had a home playoff game against North Texas. Was what a minute or two away from penalties last year. Had a red card. Do we see a repeat performance of that happening now in this game against Junior Hall? Because this seems like the game that could be the closest in margins. Yeah, well, I think the Red Wolves, too, they, they've been a kind of an – I don't know if I'd say undisciplined, but they've definitely, like, been very reactionary, and they seem to take the bait a lot and get, like, a lot of dumb fouls. So, like, yeah, I could see them having some dumb foul, especially since the coaching consistency has been really weird for them this year. Yeah. They've had all the player drama that's come up a couple times. Who knows? Like, I could just see them doing something really dumb. But at the same time – I can see Omaha doing something really dumb. Yeah. Um, I will say this. Chattanooga has the had the six most red cards in the season with four. 
They had 94 yellow cards, which had them ranked second only behind Fuego, who had 106. For 25 bucks, they'll finish, Matt. Chattanooga also concedes 15.5 fouls. Oh, my God. I was trying to say, like, Chattanooga definitely plays physical, and they foul a lot, and they concede a lot of penalties. They actually conceded the most penalties of the year with Charlotte. Chattanooga's going to be the first team to have an NFT and an OnlyFans collection next year. Chattanooga's going to be sponsored by Gas Station Boner Pills next year. (laughs) Hymns! Only at Red Wolves. Soccer Chat's going to be doing um, Blue Chew uh, ads in the middle of their podcast. (laughs) God, all right. The jokes just um, write themselves. They're great. They, they do. Um, we moved to the team that both love so much. We moved to Tormenta FC. Uh, these are the pros for them. It says, most informed team heading into the playoffs. Balance attack that can't that can easily be shut down. The cons. Facing the other hottest team in the playoffs. Uh, for those that don't know, they're playing Charlotte. Defense has been shaky and will have to get past some of the hottest offensive teams. Guys, I think we all can agree Tormenta is the hottest team in the U.S. playoffs. Can this team keep that momentum going? Give it is their first ever playoff appearance. Yeah, they're at home, so that helps. You know, it'd be one thing if you were going on the road for your first ever playoff game, but you're at home. Yeah. And you're going against a team that has been very <laughs> shaky on the road. So, yeah. Anybody else? Else I'm, I'm kind of. I'm always high on Chattanooga. I'm really I'm high on anybody that plays Charlotte just because of the rivalry. Um, but I'm I'm liking what they've done this year, and I I think it does fit. Like they 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 can they can hang with the best, and like everyone in this league, well not everyone, but like most people, most teams in this league, defense is always going to be iffy, especially with the officiating that comes with, with this league. so That is true. Tormenta Khan is that they're not on the road. They are the best performing road team. I mean, I, I think they can still make some make some things happen, especially for their first home, first playoff game in is at home in a new stadium. They look better at home than they did in uh, other rounds. They, they look a lot better. Um I mean, Kaziah Sterling is, is probably going to have his pick of the letter in this game when it comes to that Charlie back line, right, Brandon? Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Do you think Kingsford gets a goal as well? We saw him get a goal on, uh, you know. I would last, love to see that. Uh, I definitely <laughs> I definitely love to see that. Um, you know, it just depends on I, – I, I'd be willing to bet just how high you – know, with the amount of pressure that Tormenta puts on teams uh, and how well they're structured, I could see – Kings for just tapping one in. He didn't have to try, though. You know, if you watch, if you watch him, like you watch him play, you know that dude can score some bangers. But I bet, I bet we see a tap in, a Kingsford tap in right along the back post. Yeah, there we go. There we go. That probably does work, Kyler. Um, so now we move on to your one and two seeds. We got Greenville. So these are the pros from Greenville. Core has been battle tested for the playoffs. That's literally the only pro. Wow. Oh, damn. Um, form has slowed and a lack of consistent offensive playmaker. So, guys, it seems like we're probably the least positive on Greenville. Why is that? 
I think we just know what Greenville is. And at this point, it's like either they're going to win the whole thing or not. Like, I think we know what they are. And that's right. both a pro and con. We know what Greenville's about. We know their strength. We know what they're all about. Mm-hmm. That can also be the issue of why they can't win it because, I mean, you also got a dude that's out here getting cardio in Jay Keegan. But... Mm-hmm. Well, I think of all the teams, I think Greenville's definitely like the lunchbox team or the briefcase team or, you know, we're on a business trip type of team. Like we know what they're going to do. They're going to go in. They're well coached. They're well disciplined. They're going to go and do it. Like they're not flashy. They're not like exceptionally awesome at anything, but they're just overall good, well disciplined. They don't make dumb mistakes and they get results, Mm -hmm. which honestly this year maybe is probably the best thing you can be because everyone else as real high highs and real, really low lows. Yeah. Yeah. Honestly, the biggest knock for them is if uh, Tormenta wins, they have to play Tormenta in the semifinals. And I want another 5-5 five, five game. You're not getting another 5-5. Five, yeah, five. You're not getting that. We're not doing that. That's yeah. too much. Five. So 5-5, five, five, extra time, PKs going to goalies. You wanted chaos. There's chaos for you. Yeah, right there. Fair, fair. And with Pablo Yar just like shanking it over the left corner. Right. All right. Yeah. Last one we got, y'all. <clears throat> we got the Richmond Kickers coming in as the one seed. The pros of this team: lightning quick attack with Belongs and Emmy. Doesn't give up easy shots on goal. Best defensive duel in the league. Only team with that guy. Okay. The cons of this team, set-piece defending, keeping clean sheets, form has slowed. So, guys, Richmond. They do have that guy. Like, if there was anybody in this league that you would trust with the ball at his feet inside the box, tell me it's not Terzaghi. I mean, this is also true. <laughs> they only got two guys, then, in Bolaños. Yeah. Well, I mean, yeah, again. Bolaños on one-on-ones isn't the best. But he's still that guy. Like, he's still someone that if he has the ball, you need to pay attention. Even when he doesn't have the ball, you have to watch his movement. Mm -hmm. That's like if I was a Richmond fan and I needed a goal and I'm sitting there and I see Terzaghi ball at his feet in the box, I'm like, oh, fuck, we're about to sing the goal song. Let's fucking go. (laughs) Who No one else in the league has that guy. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, this is also true. Um. I will but talk how, about wait, it. how are you the one seed with the? With the... We're gonna get. We're gonna just roast him for this in like five. You're not gonna roast me for. I have oh, a small yeah, argument for this. gonna roast you. That is like a smooth no, brain not. take. It is the smoothest brain take. This. That makes logical sense. Okay, well then let's put it in the pros. Richmond has that underdog mentality. Yes, hundred <laughs> percent. This team is the underdog. They love being the underdog. They love chasing. They just to be the one seed. Given that piss poor USL playoff preview show, which you got ten minutes for, they literally said Greenville's going to win because oh, it's Greenville. Charlotte because they played the USL championship and because their coach has MLS experience, and Tormenta because they have the best mascot, which has nothing to do with the fucking performance. And Tormenta, no, Tormenta snuck into the league. Remember, they snuck into the playoffs. Trementa snuck in. Oh, yeah. Trementa snuck into the playoffs. I did not say that. I want to be clear. That was, <laughs> that was the show. Not that was not me. us. Right. Was that Kerr? That wasn't Kerr who said that, was he? 
No, it was uh, uh, Gary Lineker, whatever his name is. I don't know his name. Um, but yes, literally, Richmond. And the reason why I say Richmond are underdogs is because you have to remember the start of September. We just lost to Greenville. Once again, another one v two matchup. Greenville was ahead of us. Yuya Omaha had like what fifty billion games in hand. Chattanooga was stiffing everybody's ass and beating everyone. And Tormenta was like, oh, shit, we have a new stadium. We know how to play at home. There were literally four teams that were supposed to jump us. Who won the championship? Remember last week when season? I was saying Omaha fans were being ridiculous for, like, saying they had a bad season and, like, I'm blah, 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 blah. This is, I, this is the same bullshit. You cannot say you're underdogs as the one seed. This is like you're making uh, a bulletin board material. This you're is like when you saw them as the one seed and everyone's like, ah, oh, they're not winning. No, you're not. You this, are is like some, this. this is Except like some Coach K. Ten minutes. This is like some Coach K stuff right here. We, like, circled one vote in the AP ranking as number two. It's like, why don't respect us over there in the national media? Yes. This is Nick Saban acting like, okay, we won, but it was only by like 14 points. Like, get the fuck out of here. Underdogs. No. Make sure you vote. Make sure Underdogs. you vote that Yogi is high because there's no way that I'm Richmond. Not high. This ain't even high. high. This is dumb. No, it's not dumb. This is a logical argument. Okay. No. Once again, if we were to go no. back to the midseason preview, which all of you said, Richmond has the biggest chances of not having a whole player game. Did y'all not? Yeah, but that yes. was like 17 You weren't even ago. there. <laughs> I wasn't, but I listened to the show because I listened to every show because I love each and every one of you. <laughs> and Matt was literally talking about how they're going to pop champagne. Matt was gassing Richmond up like no yeah, one. That's that. We're talking about me. I, 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 you were not there. Matt We're was representing Richmond. So, picks. therefore... This is the reason why I'm picking Richmond as the underdog because they are not supposed to win. There are literally, what, three other teams in this bracket alone that people will favor before they favor Richmond. I just think they're underdog. Grant, I think I figured it out. What Yogi's doing is he is preparing himself for when Richmond loses, <laughs> when they should win. By all accounts, they should win and be like, I told you guys, they were underdogs. Like, they're underdogs. <laughs> they just happened to get first place. I mean, Number one goal keeper, man, fuck it. Number one in assists, eh, who cares? Doesn't matter. The first team goalkeeper, that doesn't mean shit. <laughs> Six guys on the USL one first team, like, man, should have been like zero. They're just making shit up. Looking for a narrative. I'm not just trying to protect himself. I just put my team as the underdog. Because and I the dumbest it. thing is, out of all your arguments, you could have literally said they lost a season series to Madison and the Henny Derby, and that could have been – no one would have questioned you as much. You had a great argument <laughs> that you decided not to do. You could have said know. you lost this, and that is why y'all what are underdog. Your, uh, your cash app is not taken, so it might be the new uh, Walking 90 Pod cash app. <laughs> so, no, this this is your answer for why you're underdogs because you lost this and mentally it rocks you. That was your underdog no, argument, didn't. and you didn't use it. You didn't rock me, it rocked y'all because y'all finished ninth. <laughs> your whole family has argument that that's more important than the and regular season. Yeah, you're trying to say you're underdogs. Maybe this no, is why you're underdogs. The only team, look, losing a season series to a ninth place team. What you mean, lose? You lost the season series to the ninth place team. 
Fine. You see how Whatever. dumb that sounds when you're trying to make up a bullshit I'm not making a bullshit argument. I'm literally saying, in the playoffs... You're not an underdog. Yeah, I literally said it. Vince is one of the favorites. Chattanooga is, is a good team. Greenville is fucking Greenville. And you, your Omaha can dumbly look their way into a final. Do we want to live in a universe is which is Union Omaha versus Charlotte? I think the fuck not. If Union Omaha, not Union, if Charlotte makes the final, I will buy a Charlotte jersey. Record that. Record that right now. <laughs> You're also the same person that Charlotte was missing the playoffs last. I mean, Green was missing the playoffs last year, and they won the fucking final. I mean, got to the final. Sorry, yeah, it was looking Jill. nice at a moment. It was close for a hot moment. Everybody was nervous. <laughs> there was about three weeks where everybody. You're was not nervous. an underdog. You don't have to believe it. In my heart, I know what everyone is. Put taking. the cape. No put the cape there. away. Underwear away. Get no that chant. Whatever the underdog slogan is, get it out of your head. We're underdogs. It ain't real. Yeah, Captain. It is real. Oh, get, okay. If we get to the final. If it's Richard, congrats! You get what you're supposed you, to. Right. I guarantee you, the national media will be like, "Oh, it's Greenville." Because we are the national Harts media. And he shags. We are the national media. We are the national media. You know, <laughs> USL is gonna have a dumbass episode when we go ESPN. We're gonna ask like, "Oh shit, Lee was actually." They are not national media. Three minutes doesn't count. It counts to me. Damn it. I've worked hard for this title. I just want some proper respect. National, this man's mic. National media is us and On The Rocks podcast. <laughs> I just want some goddamn respect. We're like Rodney Dangerfield. We don't get enough respect. That's what I want. I mean, we? <laughs> we are not speaking French here. <laughs> <sighs> All right. I'll start tripping because I don't feel like I'm tripping. Like apparently my code stuff be wrong. Um, I'm just gonna laugh because we're about to do who's in the final, and Yogi 100 percent is gonna say Richmond. Oh fuck yes, <laughs> the underdog. It doesn't mean I can't have the underdog mentality. We that scrapping team down at Richmond. Yeah. We're gonna scrap through this. Barely right. make it. Right. People treat this like Clemson without Dabo's racism. Bro, Dude, Bambi's about to have like two hat tricks, and <laughs> he's called <laughs> underdogs. We we Shut barely up. made it in. We got the the golden boot winner and the assist leader. We barely made hey, it. We had the three time hey, MVP hey, of the league. Man, we just got no one. In the playoffs. None of that matters in the playoffs. Got to perform. Got to perform. I want perfection. I want it. Like we talked about Kyle's game, which, by the way, Kyle, I listened to the new Dogma Magazine episode. Uh, for those who don't know, Kyle Kidd went in a 90% percentile fight. So, uh, Kyle, I want you to know, your child will be uh, coming down here to Richmond to train so, as a basketball player. <laughs> you said it on the podcast. You said your kid was like the 90th percentile of like being tall or some shit. So, yeah, I'm going to tell your kid how to be a basketball player. <laughs> if Richmond doesn't win this title, just know I'm making that gravy train mine. <laughs> All right. Hey, Brandon, so we can got... you teach my kid how to do uh, visual basic? Yeah, sure. <laughs> Thanks, man. There we go. Anytime. 
<laughs> All right. So this is uh this is one of the questions you got. Who is the player that will stand out the most during the playoffs? So Ev, you have Mbuyu. I had Ethan Bryant. Shut up, Kyle. Kyle had Jonathan Bolaños. <laughs> Tip had Kaziah Sterling. Brandon had King for Ajayi. Um, I think that's pretty much all spot on for the most part. Did Kyle freeze himself? I think Kyle's gone. I think Kyle just decided he was done. <laughs> he probably did. Hi, <laughs> Kyle. My internet was sick of your bullshit. Um, so yeah, we, we got that. We also got a question from Matt Myers that I'll read out to you guys and I'll put it up on screen. Um, how many guys are we willing to guarantee will make the USL team of the year? So um, I'm assuming that if we took if we take the five guys that we just have and that was that out during the playoffs, how many of these players will make the USL team of the season? Uh, Terzaghi's a lock. Uh, Bolaños is a lock. Rogers is a lock. Mm-hmm. And Boo, I don't know if I want to say Boo is a lock. I don't think He's so. Not. Um, I don't think Brian's a lock. Yeah, I mean, those are the three guys that if they don't make like goalkeeper is going to be weird, left wing's going to be weird, right wing's going to be weird. I mean, those are the three guys where it's just like. If they're not on, if they're not on someone's team of the year list, they're it's wrong. Yeah. I'd yeah, say three. I can't think of anyone else that like. Well, I, mean, I would say is a No, it's not. Maybe. No. But that that's not a lock. I can't. I would not say goalie is a lock. Who who's in between him and Akira? Mm-hmm. Well, you gotta also. I'm basing this off. I of have they done go uh, go to the year for team of the year. They've always given it to the guy that's won the go to go because last year they was literally got last year. Was it? Akira won yeah, last Akira year. Got it, Akira got first. That's what I'm saying. He was in the first. All the team. Omaha fans are pissed off. They're like, "How do you win the Golden Glove but you don't win?" Oh, the, and yeah. it's like, well, because Golden Glove is a statistical category, and well, yeah, the year is has, the might best have a strong case to make the first team. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because New so, no, was second I, team last year. Okay. All right. Well, never mind. That does have my argument. So, yeah. I mean, and the problem right. is, I want to say someone from Greenville will make the first team. I just don't know who. Yeah. I, I put my money on midfield. The defender. Right. right. I put my yeah. Well, it'll be something like Fricky gets a nod or something. Yeah. He's always going to get one. First of all, the legacy, the legacy, the legacy nod. All the jokes we've been making all night. You said what? Can't say raw stats after all the jokes we've been making all night, Matt. Just saying, keep going. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Very true. Very true. Yeah, so, I mean, I, yeah. I, I think three. There's three guys that I would say like I feel like strongly about, but after that, it's kind of like. But that's more because of the ascendancy of those three players, and like the rest of the league's kind of just been fine, and there's a lot of good guys, but there's only like three guys that I think are like the guy. Yeah. I feel like there's a lot of people that's like, if they made it, I wouldn't be surprised. But I also, there's just, there's a lot of people that they make it. I'm just like, yeah, okay, sure. Why not? Mm-hmm. Right. It's going to be interesting. It's, I mean, well, I'm assuming this would drop week after next, right? I felt like it was later in the season. Like, I felt like it was like right after the league ended or maybe like going into the week of final. I don't know. I felt like it was late. I think they probably do it the week of the final, unless you know, like 
This is this. This is this. This is this. Maybe so. Because they had like the MVP. They had like the finals for all the awards, like right before the final. Yeah. So it'll be interesting. It'll be interesting. But guys, your playoff matchups look like this. They start on Saturday. We start off with Charmenta versus Charlotte. ESPN Plus, of course, 7 p.m. Um, biggest talking points about this game. Battle of good chaos versus bad chaos. Can Charlotte's back line slow down Tremendous attack? Here's a quick stat for you. Tremendous attack has 10 goals in seven games, while Charlotte's defense has given up eight goals in 10 games. And also, who are the players to watch for this matchup? I think we kind of touched on it. It's going to be in Billy versus Sterling. But I also I'm think Carmen takes this game. Curious what the center back pairing does. Because I feel like if they're not like Charlotte's not gonna be able to just like float crosses in. So are is Charlotte gonna try and do more low crosses, low just not even bothering with crossing the ball, just running at the defense? Can those two guys handle it? So I, I would say the players to watch are Dangler and Phelps. Mm-hmm. For sure. I mean they're gonna be getting hit all night with with the wingers from Charlotte, they're just going to be cutting in all night long. Can they defend that? I think an important player for Charlotte I'll pick up too is for Tormenta is Bellhart. I think he's a key player that goes kind of gets missed in that attack with Sterling and uh, Kingsford. He's going to be important. I think if Tormenta wants to get his attack going and keep it in the same rhythm, he's going to be key. I think for Charlotte, I think Clay Dimmick. Um, their captain. I think what he plays left back. Yeah. Yeah. If he's on it, Charlotte defense can figure out a way because he's going to be on the same side with Kingsford. And I think Bill Hart kind of floats to that side sometimes as well. I mean, Bill Hart. So he's going to be K. If they can pick him apart, the rest of Charlotte's defense is going to fall apart very quickly early on. And the first 20 minutes of this game is going to let you know how this game is going to go. So that, that's what I will say. Chip, um, anything from y'all? Uh, I mean, just watching them last week, um, that midfield is going to be a mess. Um, Ibarra, I think, is going to be kind of that, that late super sub. Um, and Buyu looks good, but he's definitely got, like, injury, injuries that he's got to still overcome. It looks like he was gingerly walking off at the end of that game and, like that attack lives and dies by him. Like, let's be honest. So, yeah. yeah. I mean, I think of the the two playoff games this weekend. If you are a fan that doesn't have a rooting interest, this is the game to watch. Let it out. Yeah, true. Um, also, Oberton. Uh, Oberton. I know what he scored his first three goals of the season in the last game. Um, which, by the way, I looked at expected goals of that game. He wasn't. They were not supposed to be that many. I think Charlotte had less expected goals than Tormenta. I remember correctly, but do you think Overton is going to have any impact on this game, given you know how he's been playing thus far? He has three goals and three assists in fifteen games. I think he is going to be very ice like targeted. Yeah. I feel like Tormenta is going to know like shut this guy down. That's the entire Charlotte midfield, and you're good. All right. Um, I want you guys for a score prediction, but on this game, who do we think we have moving on? 
I'm going to give it to Tormenta just because I think they're going to produce a little bit more chaos in the midfield and in the forward position and score a couple more. Okay. You got some one for Tormenta, Chip, Cal. Brandon. I trust Tormenta's defense more than Charlotte's defense. I go Tormenta. Yeah. Tormenta. Yeah, I'm right with the Stormy boys. I think they're a lot more consistent, and I think in the playoffs, if we're making picks, you got to kind of go with both teams are riding a hot hand, but I think Tormenta's more because of skill and, like, trying to be hot, while Charlotte's just kind of somehow been pretty decent recently. So I got I to gotta go with Tormenta. All right. Brandon, did you make that pick because you know that uh, Bolt, I'm tired, man. Bolt is watching? He's watching. Yeah, I'm tired. I'm tired, man. Yeah, Charlotte doesn't have an anthropomorphic Paul Revere to like come in and talk shit on us for all picking Tormentas. So that's that's why we're picking Torment. <laughs> there we go. There we Seriously, go. I think I think really it's gonna basically be down to whether or not uh, Zendejas can can save the day. I, and I just don't think. Kyle was saying, like I was saying, the, the attack for Tormenta and the defense for Charlotte just don't trust him enough. If Zendejas can save the day and get them to penalties, maybe Charlotte can win, but I think just Tormenta is the better team. And we don't want to, I don't want to go on TikTok and find myself being memed. Yeah, that too. I'm tired, man. I'm so tired. <laughs> Brandon sounds so sad. <laughs> that was a, that TikTok was brutal. <laughs> oh, that was a brutal TikTok. I was complimentary the entire time. I don't know what the problem was. <laughs> yeah. All right. Um, the game that's kicking off literally 30 minutes afterwards. Uh, we got Chattanooga versus Union Omaha, the first five matchup. Uh, oddly enough, this game is going to be a post-game fireworks show. So um, there's a joke there. There's absolutely a joke there. So the um, – it's revenge for uh, when we had a post-game fireworks show after Chattanooga, and then they ended up drawing in the 93rd minute. Yeah. And they had a photo of their players on uh, the field watching fireworks and being like, thanks for the show for us, Omaha, or something like that. And it's like, bastards. You didn't win? All right, whatever. Um, other talking points about this game is who will be the number one for you, Omaha? I think we kind of discussed that a little bit, given the injury. Um, can Chattanooga force you and Omaha's midfield into the stakes? And who do we have as the players to watch for in this matchup, y'all? So, Chip, we'll start with you, of course, because you are the resident New York Omaha fan on the show. Yeah, for sure. For Omaha, I think you gotta you gotta look at the midfield. You gotta look at JP Skears, who's been kind of playing a defensive midfielder role, been one of the most transcendent guys in the league for the last couple of years now, flying underneath the radar. Does a lot of great things that don't show up in the stat sheet. Uh, awesome player. One of the guys that I think is probably not going to be in USL one last year, this upcoming year. Um, then the other guys, Connor Doyle, a veteran midfielder, been all over the world. Awesome guy. And then I think the, probably the most important for Omaha is going to be Kevin Piedetra and uh, Connor Knutson. They are the remaining defensive play players from our starting lineup. Can they go in? Can they do the right thing? Can they hold the fucking line? Because that's the thing for Omaha. You got to hold that line because we cannot score. You cannot let an early goal in. You cannot let them score when we're up 1-0 in the 84th minute. You got to hold the fucking line because we've had a lot of dumb luck this year and we are we still finished fifth with all the dumb luck in the world we could get. And I think it would do some good for the Union Omaha team. I mean, oddly enough, I think like if you get – 
away from your own stadium, given how tumultuous everything's been with the fan base and the supporters groups. I think like, getting a win might be a positive thing for y'all. And getting a big one like that can do something for y'all. Yeah. I think for Chattanooga player to watch is going to be Jimmy Villalobos. Um, yeah, I just I, – I, I got to try and keep a straight face. So I think Villalobos will be the guy for Chattanooga. I think out of anyone in Chattanooga's midfield, he's going to be the one that kind of sets the tone. He's going to be the one that's going to have to try and break – like keep – not make the mistakes that Omaha can pounce on the second ball. He's going to be the one that's going to have to put the passes in for Mensigan, for Glendress, for their 90 other attackers – like, he is the guy that pretty much will set the tone for Chattanooga's midfield. If he's on, Chattanooga's going to be on. If he's off, Chattanooga can still get by because their attack is that good. But then it kind of feels as though they're more prone to making that mistake that Omaha can capitalize on with the second ball. So I'm going to say Villalobos is the player to watch on the Chattanooga side. Um. For me personally, all right, so I'm going to change my underdog pick. I'm not going to pick Richmond because you guys run a while on me. I'm going to go Yuyo. Bullying Omaha. works. It does. It 100% works. Bullying well, people. logic, too. <laughs> um, but I will go Yuyo as my underdog pick, and this is the reason why. I think J.P. Sears is probably one of the better midfielders in his league, and I think he has the ability to, to dictate the tempo in this game. I think also that – New York's experience and giving Jay Mims experience in tournament runs. Like I just stated, like being on the road, I think this seems comfortable with that. They've played in tough environments. They played in Chicago. They played in uh Minnesota. They played in Sporting Casey. They played in tough environments. I think that's kind of working to their advantage. I think there's probably no tougher environment or no more hated environment than Chattanooga, given all the cash apps and rubbing red rockies that you see there. I think you know Pop goes in there, and I actually don't think it goes to Pins. I think they win this game in, in regular time. <laughs> you just can't win tonight, yeah. That is going to rip me on the show, and I'll be fine for it. So, for those of you listening on podcast, uh, Matt made a comment of new underdog, defending champ that also went to the quarterfinals in the cup. Yeah. I know Matt's going to rip me for it on Sunday, and I'm totally fine with this. <laughs> yep. But yeah. So that, that's what I got. Um, anyone else? Did y'all? Did everyone else say who they who's the player uh, watching the game? Did I missed that. I don't have a player, but I just I'm gonna give it. I'm gonna give it to Omaha just because I think they can score one, at least one, and then defend for their lives, mm-hmm. and then all of a sudden <clears throat> here we are again. Back on the bullshit. Yeah, I think Omaha got really lucky in our playoff matchup because you had, like, the two hottest teams playing each other and, like, the two coldest teams playing each other. And one of them has to win because that's that's how the playoffs work. And so Omaha hopefully had a nice little coming-to-Jesus moment with Coach Mims this week. We're focused. We're ready. We're ready to go. We're playing the Red Wolves team, and hopefully we can use that as a springboard. But – Someone's got to win, and I think Omaha, Omaha's going to pull it out just because I think Omaha looked finished versus Fresno, but I, I think they're going to be able to turn it around. At least that's what I'm telling myself to make myself feel better. We're going to see a premature 
ejaculation from Chattanooga on the way to the exit. Omaha wins. Everybody have a blessed night. (laughs) Have a blessed night. Um, Remember, if you're having sex, please wrap it up. Remember that your tweets are public. Don't put your cash apps out there. If you are if you are on the uh, the the audio only version of this podcast, you should no, you come gotta back watch, you gotta go to YouTube and you, watch this the, is not an audio comment. only. The, the comment section has been some great A shit today, some gourmet stuff. This is the best comment section all season for sure. Yes. Yes. Yeah, this is no, I, those past ninety minutes. <laughs> like I said, the tormented game almost went as long as a walk in ninety five. And now we got the pastor making sex jokes. God damn it, we are some fucking evens. As always, folks, we want to say thank you for watching the show. Without y'all, we couldn't do this show. Without y'all, all jokes aside, it's been a wonderful year. I want to thank Chip. I want to thank Ab. I want to thank Kyle. I want to thank Brandon. Because without them, I wouldn't be able to do the show nor cover this league. They have been wonderful co-hosts this year. So give them a round of applause. Please support them. As always, we've got two more weeks, baby boy. I know, but I'm just giving y'all congratulations now. Okay. I'll take so, it. Yeah, thanks. Premature ejaculations. Congratulations. Whatever. Y'all trying to do it. Okay. Um, I'll see you. <laughs> <laughs> Good night. As All always, right. remember to like, share, and subscribe. Um, and remember, don't give your cash app to scammers or tweet cash app because you have a bunch of scammers. This episode has been sponsored by Kleenex. <laughs> Goodbye. <laughs> Turn it off. Turn it off.